from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast Practitioner Brief. It's great to be with y'all this morning. And we've got a whole slew of items to talk about today. A lot going on. Some stuff that really kind of happened towards the end of last week. But but the cycle being what it was Monday and Tuesday, um, we'll bring it to everyone's attention here this morning. Um, please make sure to subscribe. Follow us in your favorite podcast listening platform. Go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there as well. Give us a five-star rating. Um, comment on our uh, shows. Uh, like them. Um, all of that is great. Good morning to Reggie. Good morning to Don. I hope you all are having a wonderful morning. Good morning to also uh, Gary from Dallas, man. Uh, Miss Dallas. All right. We've got a pack show. We're going to get into that right here in just a moment. But before we do, my traditional double espresso um, that I'll share with you all. Coffee cup cheers. And we'll kick the sh- we'll kick off the show with this info stealer malware that's infecting software pirates through fake crack sites. The information stealing malware, which has been named Rise Pro, is being distributed through fake crack sites operated by a private loader paper install malware distribution service. The Rise Pro's designs help attackers steal victims' credit cards, password, and crypto wallets from infected devices. The malware was spotted by analysts at Flashpoint and Sequoia this week, with both cybersecurity firms confirming that Rise Pro is a previously undocumented information stealer now being distributed via fake software cracks and key generators. Uh, Flashpoint reports that threat actors have already begun to sell thousands of Rise Pro logs uh, on Russian dark web markets. Additionally, Sequoia discovered extensive code similarities between Private Loader and Rise Pro, indicating that the malware distribution platform is likely now spreading its own information stealer either for itself or as a service. Cut out the middleman, make it your own, increase your margins. That's just smart cyber crime business. Uh, Rise Pro is a C++ malware that according to Flashpoint might be based on the Viter password stealing malware. It uses the same embedded DLL dependencies. Um, The info stealer first fingerprints the compromised system by scrutinizing registry keys, writes stolen data to a text file, takes a screenshot, bundles everything into a zip archive, then sends the file to the attacker's server. RicePro attempts to steal a wide variety of data from application browsers, crypto wallets, and browser extensions. You can obviously see the whole list. All the show notes, by the way, are in the notes um so you can check that out good morning gregor from uh germany uh thank you all for being here and yes real coffee espresso yes love us i only drink espresso so thanks for tuning in um and join me uh 9 a.m eastern monday through thursday here we'll go to another store by the way this info stealer malware has just started to make its rounds i just want to say this the more we see information stealing malware kind of goes into the trend we've seen for 2022 target passwords Target credentials, go after the identity, not the endpoint. You can get into the endpoint if you've got the identity. And if you have enough identities, you can definitely compromise an organization um, without much to do with it. And the best way to defend these types of attacks is to tighten down your identity piece. Tie down devices, IP addresses, um, create and and, and put in a... software that identifies user behavior, anything out of the ordinary, create secondary checks of things that are going on. Um, um, If someone's 
copying a database, if someone is, is, is going through what you would consider to be uh, critical activities within your org, highlight those, try to create a second level of authentication based on action and not just access. And that's really the next step. APT attackers are turning to malicious Excel add-ins as an initial intrusion vector. Microsoft's decision to block VPA macros by default for Office files download from the internet has led a lot of actors to improvise their attack chains in a lot in, in, in recent months. And obviously, anytime we do something, they're going to find another workaround across from it. This time, according to Cisco Talis, the APT actors and commodity malware families alike are increasingly using Excel add-ins.xll files as an initial intrusion vector. The weaponized Office documents delivered via spear phishing emails and other social engineering attacks have remained one of the widely used entry points for criminal groups looking to execute malicious code. These documents traditionally prompt the victims to enable macros to view seemingly um, innocuous content, only to activate the execution of malware stealthily in the background. To counter the misuse, obviously, um, Microsoft did what it did, but now they're turning the XSL file, which is being described by Microsoft as a type of dynamic link library, a DLL file, that can be opened by Excel. This kind of goes to how you execute these and why sometimes, you know, there, there, there's a whole slew of ways to defend against some of this stuff. And again, it's how do you do security and keep business running simultaneously? And with this one, it's, it's going to depend on how your business operates, right? If your company relies on Excel's and Excel is part of a DNA, which in most organizations it is, um, you're going to have to start talking to your EDR, MDR provider over these and see if that's part of their signature identification or how you're able to put a stop to it there as well. Um, so you can catch more on, on that on, on the show notes, by the way. A container verification bugs allowing malicious images to cloud up Kubernetes. The, the This story had me kind of a little, a little uh, I've been meaning to bring this up for like four days. So a high severity security vulnerabilities in the Kavarno admission controller for container images could allow a malicious actor to import a raft of nefarious code into cloud production environments. And once they get into Kubernetes clusters, they have essentially access across the entire application ecosystem of an organization. The bug CVE 2022-47633 can be exploited to subvert the mechanism. The vulnerability enables an attacker to, to inject an unsigned image into the protected cluster, bypassing the image verification policy. The attacker can then effectively take control of a victim's pod, use all of its assets and credentials, including the service account token, to access the API server. The vulnerability also enables a complete bypass of image signature verification. And in the case of a Kubernetes cluster, this gives an attack a wide range of targets. Any workload can mount cluster secrets and data volumes. This means the attacker can inject code. They can steal data and credentials from the Kubernetes clusters of the victim, this also enables the attackers to inject his or her own code and use the CPU of the victims for cryptocurrency mining or any other need they have, including potential distribution of, of denial of service, like a DDoS attack or anything else, or, or, or even just intercepting data. Um, so the bug here is significant, um, and there are some workarounds for it. Um, again, social engineering is how they're making their way in. And again, we're seeing social engineering the, 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 the way they're trying to get to identity is the same. Um, but instead of kind of going for the endpoint out, they're going for the identities and they're going for code. And, and, and those are the two things we're seeing now. Hackers are hackers. Are, I don't know why they do this, why they keep doing it. The industry has spoken loud and clear. Criminals steal $8 million from users running Trojanized BidKeep apps. 
Multiple BitKeep crypto wallet users reported their wallets were emptied on Christmas with uh, criminals triggering transactions that don't require verification. BitKeep is a centralized multi-chain Web3 DeFi wallet supporting over 30 blockchains, 75 mainnets, 20,000 decentralized applications, more than 223,000 assets. It's used by over 8 million people in 168 countries for asset management and transaction handling. While the platform hasn't released an announcement, its official community on Telegram said that the incident appears to have impacted users who downloaded an unofficial version of the BitKeep app. The preliminary investigation by the team says it is suspect that some APK, APK package downloads have been hijacked by hackers and installed with code implemented by the attackers. If your funds were stolen, the application you download or update may be an unknown version, according to BitKeep. Those who downloaded the Trojanized APK package are recommended to move all their funds to the official store after downloading the official apps from Google Play or App Store, create a new wallet address, and move all their funds to it. Finally, those who have fallen victim to the hacks are requested to fill out a form for BitKeep support team to try to offer a solution in a timely manner. North Korea's Blue North hackers have updated their arsenal and delivery techniques in a new wave of attacks targeting banks and venture capital firms. According to Kaspersky, part of the Lazarus Group, the hacking group linked to the North Korean government, Blue Norov, is financially motivated, has been blamed for numerous cyber attacks targeting banks, cryptocurrency firms, and other financial institutions. Following several months of silence, the group has resumed its activities this fall with a renewed attack that leveraged new malware and updated delivery techniques that include new file types and methods of bypassing Microsoft's mark of the web protection. Specifically, the hackers are distributing optic disk image and virtual hard disk files containing decoy office documents, which allows them to avoid the uh, Microsoft mark of the web warning that Windows typically displays when a user attempts to open a document downloaded from the Internet. As part of the new campaign, they've registered nearly 70 fake domains mimicking well-known banks and venture capital firms with a focus on Japanese firms, organizations in the UAE, U.S., and Vietnam. According to Kaspersky, the group's also adapted new techniques to convey the final payload, including the use of VPS and Windows batch uh, scripts and the introduction of a new downloader to fetch the new stage. A victim in the UAE was targeted with a malicious office document designed to connect to a remote server and download a payload named ieinstall.exe, which helped bypass the user access control protections. After the infection, they used the backdoor to perform keyboard hands-on activities such as fingerprinting and the installation of additional malware with high privileges. In another attack, they were observed using a downloader that checks the system for antivirus programs from multiple uh, AVs, um, and they're also uh, exploiting living-of-the-land binaries and using various scripts to display a decoy document and fetch the next stage payload as well. North Koreans are right up there. They're not giving us any moment of peace. And we'll end this morning's show with the French data agency finding Microsoft $63 million dollars for Bing cookie violation. There may be more than Microsoft makes off of Bing all year. Who uses Bing? Anyone? In the comments. On our website. Let me know. On Twitter. Interested. Who uses Bing? The French Commission National de l'Informatique et des Libertés found that my, my French is really, really shoddy found that when users visited bing.com, cookies were deposited on their terminal without their consent. And while these cookies were used, among others, for advertising purposes, a violation of France, France's Data Protection Act. Um, and so they find 
Microsoft 60 million euros, equivalent of $63 million. Um, yeah. Who uses Bing in Europe? I mean, chuck that up to a loss for Microsoft. Just pure loss. I don't, I don't know that they make any money off of that. All right. That's it for our show. We'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow. Wrap up this week. Wrap up this year. Because that joke warning on Monday, when we come back after tomorrow's show, we'll be in a brand new year. So have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. I hope it's relaxing. You're enjoying it. Thank you all for tuning in. Most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.